This is Austin Enneagram. Um, and my name is Elizabeth, and I'm here today with my friend Griff. And we are continuing with the Helen Palmer book study. Book by Helen is called Understanding Yourself and the Others in Your Life. And um, I'm I'm grateful you're here, Griff. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I'm just gonna jump in. Okay. Okay. Um, performance and image were rewarded rather than emotional connections or a deep involvement in other people's lives. Because they were loved for their achievements, they learned to suspend their own emotions and focus their attention on earning the status that would guarantee them love. The idea was to work hard for recognition, to take on leadership roles, and to win. It was very important to avoid failure because only winners were worthy of love. Um, so my question is, is do you feel that that's true? Like, in a way, I feel that we're so in a culture where performance is rewarded over deep connections that it would be hard for me to imagine any child growing up that doesn't feel that way. It's just that I guess threes are wired to respond to life in that way. Mm-hmm. I think that it's, we're almost magnets for it. I do think every kid is praised for performance, but I think yeah. it is almost like a drug to us mm. because I, you're a believer that you're born a three. You're I'm born a, a number, right? I, I believe, I mean, I can't prove it and I have no way to, to talk about that really, but I, I, I do think you're born with it like Suzanne believes that and I think that yes and then whatever happens to you you respond out of that place mm-hmm. and so um, in that sense we live in this culture of three culture where performance mm-hmm. is and success is praised and only threes maybe respond to it in this particular way yeah I, I think you are certainly right the three culture were surrounded by surrounded and my therapist and I talk about this all the time because with this is this the paragraph about childhood stuff yes not well maybe yeah the they, threes were children who were prized for their achievements yes yes so this is like years of therapy yeah. for me right here because mm-hmm. so I was born in a family that has two probably dominant narratives the bigger family one is hard work guaranteed success Mm-hmm. I'm very proud of that. Mm-hmm. And then the other was lots of addiction issues. Mm-hmm. And I think any family structure that has that, you learn to perform to hide. Yeah. So you had that. And then hmm. the church. To hide? Was, Did you say? You uh-huh. learned to perform. You perform to, to hide what's really going on. To hide your emotions. But not to hide your... I mean, you're out there. You're performing. out there, but you're hiding your true self. You're, you're hiding. hiding what's really going gotcha, on. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, and I think that's not a three thing as much as that's just an addiction narrative. That but is, it fits into family. So you put that there, mm-hmm. and then you put... The church that I was raised in was all about performance, mm-hmm. which I think is also part of the church issue today. But like, Elizabeth, I won an award in high school for being the best Christian in the youth group like what? a literal award for that's and it was all about not having thing. sex not drinking <laughs> oh god. being it's like it's nothing that god values today oh my god 
But for a three, mm-hmm. I mean, it really, it's a lot of work I've had to do to undo that because mm-hmm. everything in culture rewarded that sick three thinking yeah. of I am what I do. Yeah. I'm um, valued for everyone for yeah. what I do. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think, because my daughter's a three, and um, as a four mother, I think I was very sensitive to not, um, you know, praising her achievements and just, mm-hmm. and I, I do think I was into the deep emotional connection with her, but because A, I was an addict, well, I don't think there's a B, because I was an addict, um, I think my emotions were so big that she had to um, manage them, first of all, and then I think that was sort of repellent to her. So it's like all these... So she got she got lost in that. It's like there wasn't space for her emotions. Mm-hmm. So her coping, her way of being successful child to that was to just kind of manage mine and hide hers. Yeah. So I think, um, I guess what I, the reason I bring that up is I think there's lots of ways to talk about family systems where a three feels a need to do that. You know, it's not... It's not so literally, maybe, that your mom only praised you for doing a good job. There's lots of uh, ways to that a, that a child gets that message, I think. Yeah, and the way a three thinks, mm-hmm. we don't have to look far to find people who are going to reward us for the way we think. <laughs> That's like, true. It, That's true. I mean, everything in our culture rewards a three. So if I can't find it here, I'm certainly going to find it the next place I look of... I mean, threes, the world loves threes. Yeah. Um, yeah, y'all make things very easy. Yeah. Yeah. You make everything work. Yeah. I, I, I'm surrounded by them, so I must like them. Um, no, I think... What? This was something I was thinking about on the way over here. Uh-huh. What? I think threes love you. Ha 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 Okay, so... So what? So why do you think... Because I think you're a magnet. I think of the first time we met, and I can't remember how... We met, who put us together and said, and I came over here for breakfast. Well, actually, I've, I've been thinking about this a lot because somebody was asking me who you were. And I was like, he's a he's the preacher at this church that I don't go to, or I used to go to. <laughs> but I've never been to it when he was there. And they're like, well, what's that about? I'm like, you know, somebody was like, you were trying to, like, get me to come. And I'm like, no, he wasn't. He no. wasn't trying to get me to come. Um, we just started having coffee and like having, it was almost like we were having like philosophy conversations. I mean, I just felt like it was so great. Um, I, I didn't feel like there was any expectation. Yeah, it was never trying to save you or get you back in church, but it was, <laughs> what was weird was a magnet like, oh, she is somebody who I need in my life. Mm. But I think a lot of threes respond to you like that. Interesting. Why do you think it is? I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I was always thinking that, that maybe they regulated me, but um, maybe, I mean, I, it's possible that I'm a three knows that all their emotions are safe with me, pretty much. Maybe it, maybe it feels a little safe. I mean, I think it feels safe for them, maybe, but it doesn't, like, for my daughter, it doesn't feel safe because 
it's too emotional. But I, I guess the read I have it on it on it is threes want to hang out with me when they want that dose of real, and then they don't want to hang out with me. It's like they come get a hit, mm-hmm. a real. I'm not saying I'm like all real. I'm not saying that, but um, you know. Like when they want a kind of emotional texture, they come in for a hit, mm-hmm. and then they go. Because it's a little overwhelming. <laughs> <laughs> you can't. It's have, a lot. You can't <laughs> have all sexual for all the time, yeah. Griff. Yeah, it's a lot. But I, I think part of it is you show us how we can be a little more in touch with emotion. Like none of us want to jump to where you are. All right. That would be a lot. That would be a lot. But. It is permission, I think. Permission, that's good. That a lot of the world doesn't give us. Because the world wants to keep threes in their box, maybe even in unhealthy boxes. Mm. Yeah. And you don't necessarily. I think you give freedom. I think we've definitely put threes and sevens in. Uh, we have these demands that they mm-hmm. keep it up for us. Because mm-hmm. it makes threes and sevens make it work for mm-hmm. all of us. Eights do too, but I think we have more, we get more frustrated with eights. Yeah. So they don't get that as much. Um, I like the way she talks about um, they adopt the prototype image of any group. Um, And I like the word prototype for three because I think um, in my early learning about the Enneagram, I felt like it was always this kind of um, a certain concept of success and I think what matters more is that it's the prototype image that they value. Whatever the hell that is. It could mm-hmm. be anything. So, um, I just like that. Prototype. Um, does that resonate with you at all? And like, what is your, what are, what's your prototype? Do you, can you think what your prototype is? Is it, like, do you really, I mean, it's tricky because you're, um, preacher because I'm a pastor which is also a performance role yeah that fits into the threes yeah. whole narrative yeah I mean you uh, could be like you could have a whole like your prototype could be really like saving the world but uh, I think my prototype one I like prototype way better than another word that I know she uses I hate chameleon yeah, I, I don't like that. I don't like it either. I don't like it either. I don't think it's quite fair. Uh, it, it to me, one, it seems negative to me, and uh, and it made me misunderstand threes for many decades, yeah. actually. Uh, and I think the chameleon aspect of it almost says we don't know who we are, right? Um, like we can be anything, and I don't think that's true. I like prototype there's, that we can adapt. A, there's a lack of agency in the word chameleon. It's almost yes. like you're just rolling around with everything and there's no... To me, threes have a lot of... There's a lot of strategy and a knowingness about what they're up to. And so, like, chameleon just seems a little too yeah. arbitrary. But I, I think my prototype certainly does fit in with the pastor role. But I also think I've broken it. Because mm-hmm. you go back to high school, you're like the cool, truly evangelical. You're like the cool pastor. You're like the cool, hot pastor. <laughs> well, <laughs> thank you. Uh, That's probably inappropriate. But you know what I mean? Like, you you kind of rock in this, like, I'm a regular dude. Well, yeah, but I yeah. could have certainly gone the evangelical, there's a lot more periods than question mark. Like, mm-hmm. I knew that route. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't go that route, but I still stayed in that lane. Yeah. Of this role of, there is part of it, of maybe not saving the world, but playing an important part in an important story. Mm-hmm. It's probably, that's probably the language I would use for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I know how to do that. Um, I know how to take leadership roles. I mean, it's just, it's almost, you put me in a small group, then yes, I'm going to walk out of it, the chair of that small group or the leader of it. Yeah, yeah. And I, it's not even that I always have the intention of doing that. It yeah. just, it's almost magnetic. Wow. That's great. And that's, yeah, and that's a difference. Like, so my daughter's a self-press three, and that I think is maybe not necessarily true for her, and it's because she's kind of working against that. hmm um, impulse and so that is very confusing to me too because I think most threes are like most threes that I'm that I'm familiar with uh, are more like you where mm-hmm. they go into a meeting and suddenly they're running the meeting mm-hmm. yeah um, she was like that as a little girl but um, let's see they present a surface appearance of optimism and well-being they do not appear to suffer and may live out their entire life oblivious to the fact that they have lost a vital connection to their own interior life. Threes will work for external rewards, often without examining their feelings about the work itself. They identify with a firm's prestigious name. They assign their value to the number of zeros on their income. The work itself may be deadly boring, but an impressive sounding title can compensate for that. As one three said, don't think about it. Just get the job done. Activity is also a natural antidepressant. Uh, does that, what, what do you think about that? Do you think activity is a natural antidepressant? Oh, I don't know how to be still. Yeah. Um, I'm always doing something, mm-hmm. always on to the next project, always have a to-do list. Um, and... What's interesting is I think three's Sabbath, meditation, quiet, is healing to us. We mm. will do whatever it takes to avoid it without knowing we're doing that. Without knowing that you're doing whatever it takes to avoid it? Yeah, like yeah. last Friday, I was supposed to have the day off. And I looked up and I'd been working outside for nine hours doing what should have been a week's worth of work. I got done in a day. And Abby just did me and she went, oh, this is this is that threeness coming out. This is mm-hmm. what you do. You stay busy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like I didn't intentionally think, oh, I'm going to stay busy today so that I don't have time to be myself. It's just, it is, that is where we naturally go. Yeah. Um, and then I feel really good about being productive. Look at all the things I did today. Yeah. But that hit lasts like two minutes. Um, yeah. Until I'm thinking about this is what I need to do the next day. Yeah. It just keeps going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a life that focuses on personal performance necessarily sacrifices an interior life that stems from intimacy and emotional questioning. Um, yeah. Um, I like this paragraph a lot. I'm on page 136. Most threes are not aware that their preoccupa- preoccupation with doing prevents an emergence of the kind of creativity that can only develop out of prolonged periods of time devoted to being and feeling. Free time without the guarantee of knowing what they have to do next is frightening. So I think this is really important because um, 
as an artist, I, I understand this. And I think that probably everybody in the aggressive stance, three sevens and eights, don't actually believe in the value of feeling. I think they've kind of talked themselves into like, um, that they're doing all this great stuff and all this stuff is happening and all this feeling stuff is sticky and inefficient and you know all the words you want to put around mm-hmm. feelings. And, and I think if I could talk aggressive numbers into believing that this stillness is the gateway to a broader creativity, um, maybe, maybe that would help because, I mean, it's like you have to get through the fear of that stillness and sitting with yourself and having kind of um, like that Wendell Berry quote, let's do something that doesn't compute. Mm-hmm. Um, doing things that don't compute, and, and which is being still, um, offers just a broader, I guess a broader sense of yourself, which then leads to a broader creativity, mm-hmm. whatever your profession is. And that should be appealing. To anyone. Yeah, but it's such a paradox because as a three, I know this. Yeah. Um, I know that my best creativity and my best work comes from truly getting in touch with myself, being vulnerable, figuring out what boundaries that's going to look like for what I'm producing. But then I also know that that makes me very productive. So I can actually look at it and go, oh, so silence is now part of my being productive, and <laughs> silence is not productive anymore. Uh, silence is... So your brain's still on with the silence yes. making. Yeah. 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 You gotta you gotta drop behind that. Because we can manipulate even ourselves. Oh, I mean, you know, I think we all deal yeah. with this. We all have monkey mind, and we all, we all have to... It's always hard to... I don't know. I was... I can't remember who, who was talking about it. Sometimes meditation can just make your... Make a... For narrower and narrower math uh, mind path, you know, and that's not the goal. You're not trying to get like I'm only thinking about my breathing. I'm mm-hmm. only. It's not that. It's just the you know this almost like a space below or under that or whatever. I don't even know how to talk about it. But so I think we all deal with that. I guess is what I'm saying. But what I I guess what I'm interested here specifically is the creativity mm-hmm. um, and that that really comes out of that um, doing things that don't compute or just being with being and just being non-productive basically being um, inefficient being you know a few weeks stupid, ago, being dumb yeah, actually a few weeks ago I was with one of my closest friends and we were skiing and he got a call that he had to go back to Denver for mm-hmm. meetings for two for the day. He had two important meetings he couldn't miss. And there was part of me that thought, oh, my job is to say, well, let me drive you. I know you're going to be stressed. I can find stuff in Denver. I want to do that day. See some friends. And instead went, no, I, th- I really want to ski. So stayed, spent the morning skiing by myself, had mm-hmm. lunch at a place that I love by myself, which I never eat alone. Mm-hmm. Um, that afternoon, read, journaled, had a beer at a bar that I love, and had the greatest day. Yeah. Just yeah. me. Elizabeth, that is probably one of three times I've ever done something like that because I really, 
I don't think I deserve that. Hmm. Interesting. Do you think that's kind of, do you think it's easy to point to success and efficiency and I guess what's underneath that, of course, is the shame and feeling like you don't deserve the, hmm, just that um, gift, the gift of giving yourself to yourself. Yeah, space yeah. and time to yeah. be me. Yeah, um, yeah, that's so... I feel like it should good. be a reward for having done something. Yes. And yet, as a three, the minute I'm done doing something I'm on to the next thing yes yes so, so if I were to give myself will. yeah, I'm, yeah. If I'm going to give myself like oh you did a really good job with this now let's give yourself some space I'm going to go and spend all that space working on the next project yeah um, and I feel like too the other thing the other thing that can happen is you can like run and run and run and do this project in a very intense way and then succeed at it feel good about it and then like watch the kardashians and like numb out for a while for your space your quote space chill time which doesn't do anything and then you ramp back up to the next uh you know that quote valuable goal it's not resting it's numbing it's not resting it's numbing so how do you how do you learn how to rest instead of numb? Do you know? Oh, I'm still working on that. Aren't we all? Um, I do think meditation is mm. huge. And I think meditation, every number can make a case for meditation. Yeah, that's but the, I would that's certainly say <laughs> threes, it is pivotal to drop into that space of just being. Mm-hmm. Um, if I don't do that every day, everyone around me knows it now. Yeah. Um, yeah. That was not true two or three years ago when I wasn't meditating. Mm-hmm. Meditating really has saved a lot of my soul. Um, and if I don't do it, it doesn't take long till somebody's going to point out. Yeah. Hey. Hey. What, yeah, what's going on today? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think that is important. And then, I mean, I can just go back to the Henry Now and the Richard Rohr. You are a human being, not a human doing. I mean, that's, that's yeah, a pivotal that's so life lesson. For a three that I don't get, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. You are a human being, not a human doing. And as a human being, you get to define what that being even means. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not somebody else. Not culture. Not culture. For me, it's other people. Other, like, to yeah. be completely vulnerable one of the things this morning when I was meditating was okay Elizabeth really loves you like uh, you really do believe that this would don't tell me you don't right now that would really ruin this podcast but Elizabeth doesn't she's invited you because she cares what you have to say you don't need to try to perform for her like I have to do that part of my work mm-hmm. is being aware of that as I walk in right. with people of and not everyone. There are people who really love me because of my doing. I think a podcast in particular is probably, like it's interesting for every number. Like a one, it's hard for them to come on the podcast because they're so scared of it not being perfect, which I guess is similar. Ones and threes have similar vibes. Mm-hmm. Um, and a, for a three, but it's more about the performance. Like are you giving me... It's easy to, to talk about what you know I want to hear. Yeah. Or what you think will be helpful or profound. 
you know, yeah. instead of what is just... Like the last time I did this with you, like yeah. I remember I got done and then I was like, oh, I I checked off all these boxes. These are things I knew I wanted to say going into it. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to be the pastor who <laughs> said shit. Like I, there are things <laughs> I wanted to be sure I did because that's the image I'm trying to convey. And right, right. Then I listened that's... to it and was like, oh, that was just, that was, that was what you thought you were supposed to do. Hmm. That's interesting. Wow. I'm glad you said that. I mean, I didn't notice, of course, but um, that's interesting. Yeah, people don't, but... That's the thing, they don't I keep looking, I I keep trying to grab this book out of your hand, but you Mm -hmm. said something, too, that I want to, I'm sure you're going to keep reading about this. I'm going to, it's it's a lot. But... It's a a lot. I think one of the most misunderstood things about threes is I don't like language that we are avoiding or don't, we're avoiding our feelings because that makes it sound as though... We're aware that we're doing that. Um, I think threes are... We are magnets for other people's feelings, but we don't know our own true north um, at all. So similar to a two. Similar to a two like that. Yeah. But I've I've told you my first session with my therapist when I read a book on feelings and I brought a map and said, this is where I think I spend a lot of my time. Help me understand how I can live in this quadrant of feelings too. And Mm -hmm. she said, no, no, you have... All the feelings, like all of this these, of are feelings. part of feelings. <laughs> and like, who? It was Mark Brackett who's like done work on organizing emotions. She's like, you have all of these, mm-hmm. and part of life is just knowing where you are. This is not a map of yes. where you're supposed to be. Yes. Being human is having all of these. Yes. And I didn't know how to do that. Like I think right. threes don't know how to do the feeling stuff. We're not avoiding it. Right. That's an unknown land to us. Okay. Which doesn't make sense to the world because we know your feelings really well. Um, we can I don't speak know. that I'm language. I'm trying to wonder, honestly. I'm just not so sure. That we know your feelings? I'm not so sure that I feel out there in the world that people are really in touch with their feelings and expressing those feelings. I don't, I'm just not, I don't know. Um, we can table that, but I, I wonder. Um, let's see. Uh, it goes on to talk about free time as being avoided because personal feelings will come into awareness. Feelings can interfere with efficiency and getting the job done. Um, I like this. They're intolerant of underachievers and those who let their emotions pull them down. Yes. I think... I, I, I think threes are intolerant of underachievers the way like drinkers are, you know, uh, you know, intolerant of people who don't and like they, you're ruining, you're ruining the vibe. You're ruin, you're not legitimizing my platform. You're not playing my video game. Yeah. I hate <laughs> when somebody will say like, oh, yesterday I just slept all day because I've been so busy the week before and I can look and think. I know what you did the week before. I could have done that in half a day. Yeah, like yeah. it, re- but it's like <laughs> I have to like work to be like, don't say that out loud, yeah, yeah. At, because everybody has yeah. their own patterns how they do things. Oh, but no. I am very judgmental to people who, not that take time to themselves, but think they need it because they've been so busy. When I look and go, you really haven't done that much. I know, I know. I don't. 
I, I have to work on that too. I kind of find myself judging that too. I judge people who say they're busy all the time. They're, I'm crazy, I'm crazy mm-hmm. busy. And I judge people who, who slept all day because they quote deserve it or whatever. I don't really want to hear either one of those two things. No, I don't want to hear those things. And then <laughs> how do you feel about people who are constantly talking about how burned out they are? I don't hear that very much from people. I don't hear that very much. Yeah, I mean, this is a big part of I think that's a lack world. of imagination, yeah, that, frankly. That's a big part of my world I language mean, of, oh, I'm just burned out. I've been giving so much, I'm burned out. I've got nothing left to give. Oh, interesting. I wonder if that's kind of... I don't, I don't come in contact with that much. But I think that's... Yeah, I'll, I always say people who are bored or burned out just need need to... I don't know. It's just to me, it's a lack of imagination, mm-hmm. you know, a lack of vision. Um, there I go. Do fours have that though too? What burnout? No, this desire, high achievement, busyness. I mean, I have a three wing. Mm-hmm. I think I'm pretty sure. Um, I I do not do well with unproductive. I mean, I you know, I have a good. I have a seven mother. I'm Protestant. I feel that everybody needs to work hard and earn their keep. And um, yeah, I don't like laziness. Like I, I just don't think it's. I don't like it. Um, it makes me feel uh, bad. But um, I don't know if that's a four thing. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not. I don't think it's a four thing, actually. I know a lot of really indolent fours, frankly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it seems more three. Yeah, I think it's more three, for sure. Um, the word performer brings to mind a person who is personally vain and in fact, or but in fact, threes are vain about what they do. Um, I think that's a really good distinction. These, these are people whose self-esteem depends upon product recognition rather than upon being personally adored. So it's not that classic vanity of being personally adored. It's about really what you do being valued. For sure. Yeah. And I think people misunderstand that a lot. So I think it's important to say. Um, uh, In intimate relationships, threes find that they alter into what an intimate person should look like. And say the things that an intimate person would say, but they often simultaneously aware of projecting an image of how an empathic person is supposed to act, rather than being connected to the feelings that intimacy implies. Um, this is a big thing. Um, I wrote out in the margin heart-centered shoulds, which. Um, like, I think ones really suffer from shoulds across the board, but I think I think it's interesting for somebody in the heart triad to also be this aggressive person. And I like thinking about heart-centered shoulds mm-hmm. um, and, 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 and being aware of where those show up for you and also just this performativity around being appropriately emotional and getting away with it. I mean, I would say most people in your world buy your appropriate intimacy. 
I mean, I'm not saying you specifically. Yeah. I'm saying my experience with threes is they get away with it. Tell me the difference in appropriate intimacy and performative uh, intimacy. I think it's the same thing for a three. Yeah. I think it's exactly the same thing. That would be very different for four, those two yeah. things. But for a three, they're the same thing. Um, and I watch my daughter, especially when I'm very emotional, just say the exact perfect kind thing so that I will move on, you know, mm-hmm. so that we can get it over with. And she knows just how much to put into it so that I'll buy it and and then move on. And so then she can move on. And but she's not connecting to it. And I think and I think it's true in general because I mean I think Intimacy is an issue for every, all mm-hmm. of us. And I think it's really easy to think we're being intimate when we're being warm and empathic and all of those things and connecting mm-hmm. with people and looking people in the eye and all of those things. And yet there's a, there's not like the center of your body and heart is not coming along for that. It's just this performance no if if somebody is in emotional mess swimming in that and feelings i am going to connect i'm going to try to connect with them but i think of it like if somebody was drowning i'm going to reach out a hand to try to save them but i'm sure as hell not getting the water with them like that is how right is that what alabelle's doing she's reaching out to grab the connection but we're moving you out of this like we're not staying here yes Yes. So, and we really do think that's healthy for you. Like, I really yes. do believe that is good for you. You don't need to stay in these feelings. What, what good is that going to do for you? This is not productive. Mm-hmm. You're not getting anywhere. Let's just get out. Let's move on. Yeah. I mean, and I, honestly, I would think Alabelle says the same thing I do. I can, I can really think that is loving you. Yes. And sometimes it is. Sometimes it is, especially for a four, because there's too much there. But, but um, it's not always. Sometimes it's not that always. is control. And I think, and I think sometimes it's just. Um, I think a lot of times it's control mm-hmm. and avoidance. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I think it's an opportunity to kind of observe the performativity there and just and not be afraid and not jump to the saving or the even you know thinking that you're saving. Or even just like, I don't know, just that whole idea of saving it all. Like that someone's having a feeling and that you need to save that. Yeah. Or, you know, that's interesting to me. Because I think it feels like a pause for us and we're supposed to be moving. Right. It's a big pause. It feels like a big pause. So I guess I would I, I would like to figure out how to talk aggressive numbers into realizing that it's not a pause. Mm-hmm. You know. I, I don't know how to do that, but I think it's... Um, also, I wrote out in the margin that I think uh, heart-centered shoulds tend to be uh, all wrapped around your, your ethos or your prototype. So it's almost like you've developed a, an appropriate intimacy style around your prototype. So this is my prototype. This is what I, my ethos is a three. This is what I'm embodying. And so all my shoulds are going to stack around what that is. Yeah, and I have to... In- relationship with me 
I think there are there's like levels. I think they're like a target, mm-hmm. and I think people on that outer ring think that they are really connected to me um, because I know how to do that. Mm-hmm. Then I think people who are in the center, there's a breakthrough that is a true, vulnerable, authentic connection. It's very few people in my life like that. Mm-hmm. But there's a weird in between space for certain people who can go. You're not giving me. I see what you're doing. Yeah. And and those are it's a challenging. It's yeah. a challenging place because they yeah. know I'm not going to take that shit from you. You're not going to try to save me. You're going to try to get me out of this. But also, it's you're not going to get into this either. Right. Right. Yeah. It's tricky. That's tricky for me as a four because I always want... I'm the opposite. I'm always trying to drag a three into it. It took mm-hmm. me a long time to stop doing that. Not just threes. I tried to drag everybody into it. Um... Love is expressed through action, and family life proceeds through a series of picture-perfect images. We travel together, we play a lot of tennis, we talk about the kids. Attention is on activities and schedules, rather than on free time to hang out and be together. Um, So that's just kind of more about intimacy and, you know, that kind of thing. Failures are reframed by turning them into incomplete successes. (laughs) I like that. Oh, we can... Incomplete successes. I can take any failure in my life and tell you a narrative about it where I still look like the hero. Yeah. I think threes are masterful at that. Mm-hmm. I think that's the easiest way to know you're a three is if you... However, I don't know if threes always are aware that they're doing that. But other people can tell you that you're doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, um, she then goes on, on page 141 to kind of... She starts telling... From three's point of view, in this one story, she's once I've got the surface elements, there's an internal challenge to get in there and be accepted as an authority. So, um, it's this this section is about kind of not being a beginner and never wanting to be a beginner and the kind of awkwardness of being a beginner at something. And so, she um, like took a couple of classes on a business topic, and then she started. Um, then she started like hiring herself out as a coach mm-hmm. after she took a couple of classes. And um, I think that's an, first of all, that's kind of an aggressive stance thing. Like I think three sevens and eights naturally don't want the awkwardness of being a beginner and um, can do a little homework or a little research or a little studying and then be quote an expert on something. But I also, again, I feel that this is a cultural thing thing that we swim in right now and I think that Instagram is kind of like a showcase for this um, particular way of wanting to be an expert a life coach a shaman um, on Instagram Um, you know it's like I, I have I have mixed feelings. I mean, like, I guess the reason I want to talk about this is we always talk about threes wanting to take shortcuts. Mm -hmm. And I think this is a very, and it's kind of like shortcuts, shortcuts. Like, you know, you do these things and they don't have to be perfect. And sometimes it's really efficient. But this is a very specific way of talking about shortcuts. So to me, it's like people want to kind of go through, they want to be the wise person without the work um, or without the messiness that it takes to gain wisdom on on things. And 
I don't want to be like the gatekeeper of, of that kind of thing because then that would be me being uh, idiotic. But I do feel like, you know, Lee and I didn't start doing a podcast until we had trained under Suzanne for three years and then had thought about it and studied three more. Um, and I'm not saying like, oh, look at us and what da 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 But I mean, we, we, in the withdrawing stance, really needed to stand on a platform where we felt we really had this. And it's always surprising to me to look at people in the aggressive stance who just kind of don't do that. And there's some, there are some benefits to that. Mm-hmm. Y'all get things done, but I'm just like, I'm long windedly saying that I feel a lot of conflictual feelings, especially when I get on social media around just this n- normalization of people not doing the work but being these experts in the in in topics Mm -hmm. and i think this is a both and i think threes can certainly do that Mm -hmm. Um, but i also think the world allows us and invites us to do that like i could study something three can study something and walk in the room and because we are so aggressive Mm -hmm. because the charm the charisma the confidence Mm -hmm we all of a sudden become the expert in the room without meaning to. Because mm-hmm. people, people, people buy it. Yeah. They um, want it. Mm-hmm. They want somebody to be in charge, to be in control, and we have unintentionally projected that we know more about that than we do. Yeah. And so what... We ha- don't really try to... We're not trying to fake people. Right. No, I know. I know. But I think what ends up happening is oftentimes is the aggressive numbers who've done less research are the ones in charge and then the ones who are sitting around doing a lot of research don't feel the permission to take the leadership role and I wish they would Mm -hmm. you know because then that would um, actually help the three or the seven or the eight it would actually send send a, a, you a message to do more research or that more is required or that somebody can come alongside you and augment what you're already doing um, I don't know I think I think uh, it's important in this world that we're in where we're just grabbing all these little bites all the time to to just uh, we all need to encourage each other to dig deeper holes absolutely and I yeah. So I can give threes grace in this situation and give us grace that do it, do it. We, we, we're not trying to walk in and become the expert. Where I can't give us grace is then we sure are good at then once we're given that role of performing it. To just keep going. To keep going. Oh, okay. And then and there are places I can start looking and go, oh, I, I didn't know what I was doing then, but I sure did act like I did what <laughs> I've done. And in my personal work recently, what's intriguing is... The groups that I'm working with right now, one of the most wonderful things I can say in the group is, I don't know. Yes. And that opens things up. But those are hard words. Yes. For me to say. Yes. They're good. They're good words. Um, yes. I'm trying to think if there's anything else I want to say about that. Um, polyphasic activity of a three. I liked that word. It just kind of means doing lots of things, having lots of balls in the air. Um, she talks about activities developing into a form of control, which you talked about earlier. Um, but this kind of 
constant need to have lots of balls in the air um, and how that feels safe. Yeah, I would shift a little bit on that to say, I don't know that it's, the metaphor I would use is not juggling a lot of balls. It would Mm -hmm. be, I can wear a lot of hats and I can go in between hats incredibly quick. Go in between, what does it mean to go in between a hat? Like yesterday I was in a meeting where I had to be talking about business and finance, then had to lead a Nash Wednesday service, then had to be at a someone's house who was dying and saying a prayer oh, wow. for her she's dying, and yeah. then be at baseball practice to pick Jude up. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's a lot of different roles and a lot of emotion that should be attached to several of those roles. Mm-hmm. And I can seamlessly go in between. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can walk into the house doing pastoral care and then become a dad two seconds later. Wow. Um, and I... And some of that's probably very satisfying. It probably feels very satisfying. I think it feels very satisfying. I don't think I realize the violence I'm doing to myself. Mm-hmm. Because, like, being you... in the presence of somebody who's... Who's dying, who's transitioning. That is an emotional moment that's going to add baggage that if I don't deal with, I am going to deal with it later. Mm -hmm. But I can just so quickly go through all those roles and put on different hats. So I don't know if for me it's not juggling. It's It's like you're doing each one of those roles really, quote, well Mm -hmm. without uh, the investment that Mm -hmm. would um, cause you to maybe suffer or... Um, be um, I don't know if I mean suffer I think is a, is a good word but it, um, so you're saying if you you're in performing those roles well without investing yourself so much you're you think you're saving your energy kind of like a nine mm-hmm. but actually that may that comes back to bite you so you're not saving anything and you're certainly not saving yourself. Is that is that what you're saying? Yeah, I think that's a... I would describe it as I am never aware of the monkeys on my back. Mm-hmm. Um, that I can walk in and realize this is the role I've got to do here and not realize that, especially as a pastor, mm-hmm. people want me to take the monkeys off their back. That's a, They feel good about that. If I walk out carrying it instead of them or I'm sharing it with them, but it's really not mine to carry. Right. Um, and then I've got my own stuff that I'm working with too. And I, it can take a long time till I realize how much baggage I am carrying from how I've been performing. And I wouldn't even say it's, I don't know, I kind of have a reaction to in your word investing there. Yeah. Okay. Because I think I am investing. What I think I'm not doing the work is after it. Okay. Like... Yeah, did like last night, did I need to stop and mourn and grieve that space or have gratitude for the space of getting to be there as this person is transitioning to the next life? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Probably yes, but that's emotionally messy work. It's much easier to think, yeah. nope, now I've got to go focus on Jude and baseball and how do you do it practice tonight and getting him home. I'm just not sure that's possible, really, to do all that. I mean, that, that particular example, I'm not... It shouldn't be possible. It shouldn't be possible, actually. But this is where I'm a human doing, not a human being. Right. That's wild. That's wild. Um, And this is kind of a good sentence that fits that. It can be painful for threes to recognize that they have needs that run counter to a high-profile image that maximizes the effectiveness of a role. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um... 
work is the preferred area of interest, but if a more laid back way of life is what is accepted, then a three will be likely to adopt that style and can spend years living out an image rather than getting in touch with real emotional preferences. Um, a performer will adapt into being the prototype of whatever cultural norm is valued. So I love that sentence. A prototype will adapt into being the prototype of whatever cultural norm is valued. Um, because we talk too much about this, this doing, doing, doing thing. Mm -hmm. And I, 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 the example she gives here is this woman who's like, she said, I realize I was cultivating the image of the perfect new age woman alternative therapist living with her son in the suburbs. So the image of the prototype, the, pro the prototype can be living out something that seems super chill or super like relaxed. Mm -hmm. I mean, they may not feel relaxed, but they can kind of nail that they can nail that vibe too. It doesn't just have to, it's not just the executive. It's not just you running from one meeting to another. It's, it's, it can be this really loose, easygoing, cool cat, yeah. you know? One of our friends who's a three describes uh -huh. herself as that she can float on top of the water and look chill and vibe and people love her but underneath her legs are going as quick as she can in a panic thinking this is all it's all about to end this isn't like and I'm having to act like this and I think yeah. that's yeah we could yeah if you wanted a super chill three who acted like they weren't that interested we could do all of that role you could do it yeah. if, if that's what you wanted but to you, be but even watch the language there we could do it you could we do can't it. be it yes yes yeah mm-hmm um, let's see. The replacement of real feelings with an acceptable performing self can be a particularly can be particularly painful to threes when they realize that they can make honest and, and enduring commitments to their intimates, couched in all the appropriate nuances and an engaging presentational style without being truly connected to the emotions that they hear themselves describe a personal crisis can develop if a three wakes up to this discrepancy between real feelings and the fact that they have been fooling others by projecting an appealing facade a three can feel like a phony like someone who has been getting away with a fraudulent story and not been found out the realization that real feelings do not always match the roles that others value can be accompanied by real Rage. Threes are angry with the fact that others fall so easily for a good front. That's mm -hmm. interesting. And that they have not been valued for themselves. So it's interesting. What a setup that y'all give us this good front and then are mad that we buy it. Mm -hmm. That's fascinating. But I mean, also, like, you know, I mean, I guess we sort of talked about this presentational and appropriate nuances before, but the rage thing. The rage thing doesn't connect with me. Really? Um, no, I get... Yeah, the rage thing doesn't connect. I would tell you that when I see people falling... One, you've said so many words that I don't like in that. I Please <laughs> hate fake fraudulent. We hate that language. Yeah. Because um, we really don't think that's us. Okay. Um, but but I, I get more... But I think... I think... I think maybe when you want to use the word appropriate or 
I'm trying to think of other words like appropriate. Um, that desire to be whatever that is f- can feel fraudulent to the rest of us. Oh, I, I, yeah, I, I yeah. don't disagree yeah, with the yeah, words. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're just they're kind of painful. Words. They're painful. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, we don't we don't like them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that, that, oh, that feels sticky and messy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think why I don't feel rage is I think I feel more sadness about it. Yes. Yep. I, I don't get angry about people for that. I think I get at this point in my life more sad when I see that happening. Did you get angry earlier in life, do you think? Or do you think you always... Well, remember, I was a three who thought I was a one for a long time. Okay. Um, and you must have gotten So angry. there was certainly some anger there, mm-hmm. but that was also part of, well, this anger doesn't feel right for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also think that I was such an unhealthy three for so long that I wouldn't even known the anger. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's probably, anger can probably feel super comfortable and you don't see it. Is that possible? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. 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 Um, Because it's also a negative emotion and threes, we're not good with the negative and we're not good with any emotion, but we're not good with the negative ones for sure. Yeah. I like this sentence. If you're in a situation that makes you uncomfortable... You can show emotion, but you don't show it because you feel it. You show it because you're supposed to feel it. Like if somebody says that they care about you, you say, you say the same thing back because that's what your friends do. Um, yeah. I mean, that's intense. Do you, I mean, I, 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 as a four with three friends, I feel that. Mm-hmm. I can feel them just giving it back to me and I want to like tell them that they're doing it but anyway do you I mean do you do you feel that when you're and and I like how she starts the sentence if you're in a situation that makes you uncomfortable Mm -hmm. so it starts there and you can show emotion but you don't show it because you feel it you show it because you're supposed to feel it that's mm-hmm. yeah or I show it to keep moving yeah and sometimes I think I show okay. it because I want to feel it because you want to feel it which is very similar to supposed to feel it yeah yeah. I and mean, that's similar to the shoulds and it's, which is similar to the heart the, yeah. what like did I, I say the heart the heart shoulds the heart um, heart centered shoulds heart centered shoulds yeah yeah I, I know, oh, this would be an appropriate emotion to feel in this place, and maybe I want to feel it. Mm-hmm. But then, then you're not, you're, when you perform it, you're not really feeling it. Right. Right. But we can trick ourselves into thinking we're feeling it. Mm-hmm. I like this sentence. From an outsider's point of view, threes can also be perceived as pressed, which the reason I said <laughs> pressed is a word that's being used right now by young people. Oh, it is? It's like a thing. Like, it's a, okay. do, are you Are you pressed? And I think it's so funny that Helen Palmer, in whatever <laughs> year she wrote this, threes can also be perceived as pressed. Um, anyway, because I, I I'm not familiar with that word. Um, then she goes on to talk about comparative status and on the acquiring of status symbols that are the tangible evidence of success. Um, 
I wrote out in the margin comparative status and, and the heart triad because I feel like the heart triad is really busy with comparative status. And, and I was, I was like saying threes are putting that energy outward and twos are like, it's interwoven. It's, you know, it's there, it's interdependent comparative status, Mm -hmm. always trying to weave the out and the in together and Mm -hmm. trying to like attach to that. Um, and I feel like fours are trying to suck it all inside them. So they see what's out there that's making them feel lacking in that comparative status train. And they just find the things they want and they suck it inside themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and threes are expel, you know, they're projecting it out. So it's completely different. Um, yeah, I think for us, the world looks like a game of win and lose. Uh huh. And. But I also, it, like it does, what you're saying about a four doesn't make sense to me. I'm yeah, like, no, yeah. everybody has to see the world game. The world is a game of win or lose. Mm-hmm. Not, yeah, no. And y'all don't. I don't. No. No. This is a huge wake up for a three of, yeah. oh, this isn't how. And and it's a continual thing. Last weekend, uh, Abby and I ran the half marathon. Mm-hmm. And looking at the pictures of it was over, Abby is having the best time <laughs> in the whole world. Like, she is joyous. She yeah. Is, yeah. And you look at me and you think that man looks like he is in pain. He's like he, because for me it was all about how am I doing compared to everybody else in the course and a competition. It right. wasn't about the joy of the race. Of the running. Um, yeah. And that's that is my mindset. The world is a game to win. Yeah. Yeah. Um they are narcissistic in the sense that they are convinced of their own competence and superiority and are self-centeredly focused upon the projects that give them value in their own eyes. That's kind of intense. Mm -hmm. Um, Unlike true narcissists, threes are quite aware that the world does not owe them a living and they experience severe anxiety if they are unable to earn status and respect. So I think that's interesting distinction that Unlike true narcissists, you, you, you're kind of willing to earn your status. I guess she's saying narcissists just feel like they already have it or something. I don't know what she's saying there. Does any of that... I mean, narcissists is tough. It's a tough yeah. right, thing to talk about. Um, but I think convinced of competence and superiority is like an aggressive stance thing mm-hmm. for sure. Um so much is invested in success that if an objective failure does occur, threes redefine the failure as a partial success or pin the blame on others. There is an urge to escape a shaky project or a sinking relationship and move quickly on to better things. I see that a lot. There will be no feeling of failure if another promising opportunity can be mobilized quickly enough. Threes can change jobs and change identities without breaking stride. And as long as there is enough activity and enough hope for a better future, negative feelings can be kept at bay. Their extreme adaptability is both a blessing and a burden. The blessing is that they can move quickly and efficiently under pressure. The burden is that real feelings are suspended in the interest of getting the job done and that as a consequence of their ability to take on new opportunities and become the image that the role suggests, they are perceived as people who can change hats for self-serving purposes. Mm-hmm. So, 
And I think what's sad about that is the blessing is for everyone else and the burden we carry alone. Oh. Like the blessing is we help the world move, we get things done, and then all that burden. But we don't really Mm. celebrate that. But here's another thing. Like I would like to convince you that that's not true because uh, I think believing that helps you stay where you are on the hamster wheel. Um, I feel also burdened by this dynamic because if a three is willing to put down anything that the world expects of them and can sink into truly who they are, uh, no matter what that looks like, that blesses me. And I want that Mm -hmm. from them. The threes in my life, that's what I want from them. It's what I desire from them. I have to work at just sitting back and letting it come to me when it comes. But to say that that only affects you alone, it it affects everyone. Yeah. Uh, It's easy to think that like mass culture or light culture or cocktail party culture or general like... uh, promotional world, you know, all that stuff is, doesn't want to hear it from you. Right. But that's not, that's not what we're talking about. That's not, I mean, yes, all that's true. And that is an extra burden for a three. I agree Mm -hmm. with you, but that aside, that kind of given, um, the people in your life crave, crave this. You want more of this. I so want it. I want is, it. And not just fours want it. Other numbers want it. Yeah, this yeah. is the paradox mm-hmm. for me is, like, in my heart, I truly do not believe that I am worthy to be loved for who I am. I truly believe I am worthy to be loved for what I do for the world. Mm-hmm. But the people who love me the most don't care at all about what I do. And that's very hard for me to understand. But in it's relationship, it hurts them it. if I don't believe that. Yeah. Yes. 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 Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Discarding negative feedback. Do you feel like you do that? Oh, you mean like let go of it? <laughs> like when people say, you know, you you really could have done that better or that was not the best job. Um, let, me, let me give you some pointers on how to do it better next time. Or last week when we had dinner and you said that um, it hurt my feelings like negative feedback like discarding it not taking it in oh I don't think I'm going to discard it as much as I'm going to try to manipulate it to figure out what was wrong with you to say that to me (laughs) like (laughs) that's so good if you called me and said hey you hurt my feelings by saying this yeah one I would know I'm supposed to say oh Elizabeth I'm so sorry she's a little unstable but what I'm going to think in my head is is such a four. She's yeah. in her feelings again. This wasn't my fault. Like, no, right. this absolutely wasn't me. This right. was, she must have been having a bad day. Like, right. yeah, I'm not going to discard it as much as I'm just going to shift it around until I look like the hero in it. And yeah. trying to figure out, well, what's wrong with you that you missed that? Yeah. But it's, it's like, it's not, it doesn't. It doesn't stick though as I need to work on that. I need to look at that. It doesn't feel valuable maybe to you. Right? Or does it just feel I mean, I guess if I'm like, you hurt my feelings, that probably you devalue that Mm -hmm. input. But if someone says you didn't do a good job on that uh, project, it probably to receive that is scary. 
Absolutely. If, yeah. if you left church and said you could have done better in I'm that not, sermon, yeah. my thought was you could have listened better. Yeah. Oh, you mean you do it even there? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Wow. Okay, okay. Yeah, and that have, protects you. You yes. feel like that protects you. Yes. Instead yeah. of thinking, what could I have done differently here? Mm-hmm. My initial thought is you could have listened better. Wow. Now, I would never say that. Right, right. That you would say something very appropriate. I would say something very appropriate. <laughs> but that's what I'm thinking. That's so good. Um, okay. Feelings have always seemed incompatible with getting the job done. You can either sit around and be emotional, or you can get on with it. This is a three talking. Mm-hmm. As a result, I've had a lot of people tell me that I step on them, that all I care about is their output rather than their feelings. It's quite true, in a way, because I'm applying the same yardstick to them as I do to myself. It has, for example, been hard for me to recognize that other people slow down under pressure. That's interesting. Um, or that they get disoriented if their private life isn't working out. When I try to stay with my own feelings, there's a sense of real confusion. Do I have the right feeling? How am I supposed to tell the difference between my own feelings and the ones that my image thinks it should feel? When you've lived your whole life fitting into other people's expectations and all of a sudden you get hit with your own experience, it can be alarming. Real likes and dislikes come up. You try to come up with a different barometer, how things feel, rather than how they look. Focusing on yourself rather than others terrifies you because you don't know what you're going to find out about yourself or even if there's anyone at home to find. I mean, that all feels very true. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, even in therapy... My therapist has outlawed, my first therapist outlawed the question, is that an okay feeling for me? Is that mm. the right one? She Because she would say, what, what do you mean? If that's what you're feeling, that is the right feeling right now. There's not a right or wrong feeling. Right. Um, but I, that language for me was, no, there's a right way to feel and a wrong way to feel. Um, certainly, yeah, that sticks. Just allowing all feelings. Yeah. 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 Um. Yes, you just, yeah, I'm not going to read that because you just said that. Um, Anger is the most difficult feeling to deal with. I've disappeared for months, this is the three talking again, and realized afterward that it was because I was deeply angry and it took that long to get it under wraps. It's the emotion that blows image and turns everybody off. And rather than deal with it, it's easier to switch jobs, switch image, and create a new world that will protect me from that kind of situation. It's fascinating. Well, isn't anger like an iceberg of emotions? Like the anger is just the underneath yeah. it. There's so much more. Yeah. I mean, even like a minute ago when you asked me about rage. And yeah. The, you're like, no. Oh, that, but that wouldn't fit in the persona that I'm trying to give. Yeah, like, you're not allowed you to have me a, pers- a, a rage? <laughs> like, what rage would that look like? Yeah, like. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Um... Let's see. It seems to me that I can't get to what I'm feeling in the moment, that I need space and time to figure it out. Yes. But then if I get, this is interesting, but then if I get too much space, I know that I'll have the time to develop a script that sounds genuine even to me. The safest strategy seems to be for me to ask for some time to figure out what what I feel and to agree to a discussion at some definite point in the near future. So I thought that was a real, that's like super practical. Yeah. Because the threes in my life, you know, we will have a dinner party 
and they will call the next day or the day after to say to process something that hurts their feet or not sorry not to process something to be mad at me for something mm-hmm. I did or said um, and I'm so shocked that it took them a day to figure that out and not just to be mad at me when I did it um, but so I like I like the fact that space needs to be given to feel that feeling but not too much space I like the idea of making an appointment in a near point in time to process with people mm-hmm. I think it's true for fives as well like I have to do that with Nathaniel yeah. and he cannot tell me in the moment what he's feeling No, and the bravery it takes to say I would need space to figure out because for me where I have to start with I need to figure out what I'm feeling mm-hmm. yeah. yeah and then let's let's and have then, coffee four days from now yeah yeah like, is four days too much time? Four days is too much. By four days, like I would Like, you can get a script going. I would have had a script, yes. So how do you... I would how, know what the shoulds what, need to be then. What What's the right amount of time? A day? A day. Maybe. Maybe a day. <laughs> Maybe a few hours. Maybe um, a few hours. I like that. Yeah. For me, like... I like that. Yeah, it would be good. For, like in staff meeting, if something happened that I got upset with, yeah. I need to... To be authentic to me, I need to address it before we've left work that day. That's good. I like that. I think that's really healthy. Um, threes are greatly concerned with the physical appearance and external accomplishments of a partner do you think that's true um, well, I'm married to the most wonderful nine <laughs> which what's interesting is when we talk about like intimate relationships like my the two close people in my life were all th- there's three six and nine mm, which is wow. all the weird triad of like we're repressed yeah. at our and, best and yeah. all of this yeah so uh, I think Abby has helped me realize I love Abby for who she is mm-hmm. not for what she does yeah yeah because Abby wouldn't let me love her for what she does that wouldn't even make sense to her as right all right I mean she's uniquely geared to to for that to work yeah well for her yeah um I'd be curious to hear from threes that maybe have this image thing wrapped up with their with their partner mm-hmm. um, she does a whole section I'm not going to go into but people who want to read the book on comparing threes and fives and comparing threes and sixes, which is kind of interesting. Um, and she has a section on identification, which is when a project becomes successful enough to hold a three's attention, all of her mental efforts converges upon the goal and she begins to embody the characteristics that are particular to the job. This meeting of image and attention is called identification. It's a defense mechanism by which we become like people or prototypes that we are exposed to when we when we were young. Um, for most of us, psychological identification means something like I am like my mother or I am an American. For a three, identification can mean I have become the prototype of what I do. Um, um, like a three who's a preacher. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, once identification takes place, a three can become persuaded that she has always been that ideal doer. I think that's mm-hmm. also interesting. It's almost like the past of when you weren't 
nailing that prototype just doesn't exist. It's like you are always this prototype. The other prototypes or when you weren't quite in that space, like what? We can forget that real quickly. Yeah, really quickly. Um, It's wild. mm -hmm. Identification can be pervasive enough, however, to cause the three to take on a role and live it out for many years. Yeah. Um, I I think that's tricky. What? Uh, The identification, you can live it out for many years. And maybe this is where I am right now. Um, Because I think I'm doing a lot of intentional work to live into the second half of my life and live more second half of life thinking. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I'm realizing is that, it's, is, it, is it Carl Jung or Richard Rohr who says, everything that worked in the first half of your life isn't gonna work in the second. Mm-hmm. Like it, that's gonna be your biggest obstacles mm-hmm. are what worked in the first half. And for a three, that's really scary for me right now. Yeah, and I think culturally that is really, you're swimming upstream. Um, Cause I think it would be easy to just keep going yeah. with what you're doing and until the day you die and have it work, quote, mm-hmm. work perfectly well. But I don't want my performance to get in the way in the second half of my life of who I'm supposed to be. Yeah. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. I think it's good. Um, she talks about flow, um, which I like. Our exemplars certainly remember the times when they were exhausted and drained by the hurry habit. They also describe times when they have worked and felt themselves aligned. I like the the word aligned. uh, With the pacing and flow that is natural to a particular task. Three say that it's like being suspended in the midst of an inexhaustible energy. You are aware that work is being carried along rather than that you have to direct it. Um that the mind gets quiet at high speed. I like that. Yeah, I would, yeah. So, I agree with that. I think So there's almost me. like this, you could say, hmm, that there is a flow, there is a quietness, there is a stillness within. It can be found in that directed three action it can be found in the action i guess if you're really i guess really present to the action is that what oh, it present such a huge word for three yeah present is huge for me i think it is when my shoulds become is this isn't mm. how it should be this is how it is mm-hmm. and part of i think it's us realizing that in the flow we we aren't in control of the river but we're actually pretty good at the front of the boat mm-hmm Mm-hmm. So that realization for me and that things are happening as they're supposed to be happening, mm-hmm. that's a really healthy place for a three because yeah. we're still leading. Yeah, I think it's but a great But we're not trying to force the yeah. flow. Yes. I like alignment, flow, pacing. I like... One of the questions I ask at the end of every day is how much of the day was I present for? Mm-hmm. And for me, that's a huge health question as a three. Mm-hmm. If I was present for that conversation... Yeah then I probably did what I was supposed to do. And I think that it kind of resolves everything. That's why, I guess, going back to meditation, meditation resolves everything for everybody Mm -hmm. because you can keep keep your hats that you rotated all day and keep doing all those wonderful things you're doing if you're present to each one. Yay. Yeah. I mean, if, if those are just the hats you're wearing that day and you're like, yes, 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 like authentically yes to each one, great 
And I think it's even healthy for threes when I need a little bit of distance. That mm-hmm. I know there are certain times in my career that I need distance, emotional distance, mm-hmm. and I know how to give that to myself. Oh, I'm sure. It is just <laughs> making sure that I'm giving that to myself yeah. in a healthy way, mm-hmm. not a protective way. Right. How do you how do you know? How can you tell the difference? Like last night, it would have been inappropriate for me to at the bedside of somebody, Start crawl up in the crying. bed with them and weep and talk about how scary death was and how awful this is. Yeah, and it would be unboundary. That would, yeah. yeah. But to be able to say, no, I'm helping you all move through this. I can mm-hmm. be here. We can pray. We can hold hands. We can talk about that. what is next. Mm-hmm. All of those conversations, I need to have in a boundary way. It's, this is a weird paradox for a three is that we tend to be too boundaried, but yes. also we have to realize I've seen a lot of threes just take all the boundaries away because that's so popular in our culture right now. Mm-hmm. Being vulnerable, authentic, truly me. Yes. And then you're just spilling out like you're just porous and you're just a mess. Like, but I think that thing that you're describing right now is what I was trying to talk about earlier on Instagram that it's like a three, poor, an unboundaried emotional three that's like they that's their prototype. They've decided that's what they're going for. They're this kind of like guru or whatever that's supposed to have all these feelings and have all this quote uh, vulnerability and they're performing it yeah yeah so but you're talking about boundaries yeah i don't know i experience the boundaries more than is that strong boundaries she is um she is uh individuating quote which i'm so happy she's doing and um and I'm so happy that as her mom, we can talk about that and that she's doing it kind of at the time you're supposed to be individuating. Um, and, but I think, and maybe I said this in my early, I did, I said this with Suzanne. I think that individuating from me is something that a three has to do pretty hard. Mm-hmm. So I don't think there's a lot of room for nuance. You just got to individuate hard so that you can get on the other side of it, and then maybe there's some nuance mm-hmm. on the backside. So I'm in the process of the hard. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm just you know I'm just <laughs> doing other things. Um. Anyway. Uh. Let's see what. Let's see. Um. Can easily mistake a neurotic style of being for genuine health. The virtue of honesty. That's y'all's virtue is honesty. Why have a self if it's going to suffer? Um, The saner approach might be to identify with the cultural standards, suspend your emotions, and abandon yourself. Threes are often convinced of their own psychological soundness. Yes. Emotional distress is for losers. Yes. For those who have time on their hands or who cannot keep up with the pace. Um, they are likely to be aware of the fact that they do not like sticky emotions or do not like to feel that they have emotional needs, but the fact that their range of feelings is very small is likely to be overlooked. Mm-hmm. Um, all of this, I think, is important. I think, I think being convinced of your own psychological soundness, emotional distress is for losers, like why suffer? Why have a self if it's going to suffer? All of those are really important things for threes to think about because I feel like as a four, there's definitely a lot of ways in which, like you were saying at the beginning of the podcast, 
you need to just take me in doses so that you can, because like interfacing with me all the time is too much. But this is a space where threes, I think, can walk towards four a Mm -hmm. little bit. Like this is the growth edge of three to four. Um, I realize all the ways in which I need to boundary myself for a three. This is a way a three needs to walk into sticky um, in order to find who they are. Walk into, like, not taking so much stock in your appropriateness and stability as, quote, being sound and good. Mm -hmm. And this takes so much trust. Yeah. Um, Do you remember the lunch we had Mm -hmm. recently, the dumplings? Mm -hmm. And... uh, Mm -hmm. We were able to get in some vulnerable stuff about something we were both going through, mm-hmm. and we didn't resolve it because we were both so lost in the middle of it, and still probably are. Yes. But I remember leaving that lunch and thinking, oh my gosh, it's so good to connect there mm. in a space that is scary for me because maybe I'm not being successful, and maybe it does, it is certainly full of sticky feelings. And I remember laughing again when I got in the car thinking, but we didn't resolve anything, but it just feels good to know we're in this together, yeah. even though we didn't know that coming into the lunch. Yeah, and that that's kind of true everywhere. Yeah. Even if maybe people don't are not honest with you about it, it is true for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the gift that you gave me of being able to be honest about that part of myself... Um, we need to trust that more mm. when people give us that gift. Good. That's good. What do you think about this range thing of like a, that they are, that threes are not aware of the small, of all the, the range of emotions that are being overlooked? Like you said earlier, something about quadrants and like you, there were certain feelings and yeah. there are all these other feelings that are. And your therapist was like, those two. Those, yeah, Mark, those are part of the range as well. Yeah, it's, it's a brilliant book for threes. It's called Permission to Feel by Mark Brackett. Okay, and he's at good. Yale. And it's this, he's developed like there's high pleasure, high emotions, low pleasure, low emotion, in the quadrant of all four of those things. And I remember thinking, I think I spend a lot of time in anxiety, which I actually don't know if that's true if that's what a three thinks they're supposed to say because the world is so anxious right now. Yeah. Um, but I want to be, what did I want to be? Calm. That was, that was the, it was, I'm not really a high emotion, per, high emotion person and a high, it worked better for me. Calm, this made sense. And then when she was like, no, but they're all there. Yeah. You should feel all of these things. There are times I need to feel rage. Mm-hmm. There are times mm-hmm. I need to feel ecstasy and joy. Like it's not. Silliness. I, yeah. I, I was working for like, oh, calm would be good. But that's a prototype, isn't it? Yeah, it's also like, you know, your three, six, nine triangle, that's kind of some nine energy there where you're not, you might be overvaluing calm. Yeah. And you're also, you're married to a nine. So that's probably an, uh, an interesting thing to be aware of, of like, when are y'all as a couple overvaluing calm? Yeah. But no, I think we are, threes have a very small range of emotions. Um, and we don't even play much in that very small range. I don't realize yeah, the yeah. world of it. And there Lots is of flavors. Yeah, and that they're all good. And, and that they're all good. Well, they're just there. Yeah. They're just part of. Um, I mean, I was went to mute to hear some music with a four the other day, and somebody was talking. Her her wife was talking about um, feelings, and that she just felt entitled to have them, and or 
comfortable with dark feelings or something like that. She's like, it's not that I'm trying to have them or I'm comfortable or uncomfortable. It's just that they're there. That's just what's happening. It's just what's going on. And I'm like, exactly. It is. Did you read Untamed by Glennon Doyle? Yeah, I love it. It is the most revolutionary sense that book to me was feelings are for feeling. Yeah. <laughs> and that, that should be so basic. It's but so, Yeah. It's just, yeah. This is here. And I'm a better self when I'm in touch with it. That I know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Last bits. Um, their question of existence then becomes, do I go with what I feel or do I stay with my habit of knowing what to do? The risk in following feelings is that threes inevitably lose the recognition that achievement guarantees. And the risk of not following feelings is that threes live out of life as a fraud. Um, for threes, the shift in awareness from deceit to honesty could be described as a gradually emerging side effect that stems from learning to tell the difference between truthful feelings and the need to do well in the eyes of others. In the process of making that shift, threes are likely to experience a period of voluntary suffering. I love mm-hmm. voluntary suffering. In which a protective habit that developed in childhood is given up in order to become psychologically free. I just thought that was beautiful. Yeah. And I, I think I think uh, I think the use of the word voluntary suffering is interesting. So I guess it's like that you you're doing the work and you're starting to understand this range of feelings and you're starting to just accept the range and maybe even enjoy the range and and you're noticing when those feel more true or not and in that experience you're ha- you're having quote voluntary suffering so voluntary i guess means that you you have cuz you certainly wouldn't do it otherwise as mm-hmm. a 3 you You've decided it is worth it to take on the suffering in order to get to this, the other side, which is psychologically free. Mm-hmm. And I think it goes back to what you said about that's the best time of our creativity. Mm-hmm. Um, recent, I would tell you that I think my art is the Sunday morning homily. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you, j- just a few weeks ago, I preached one where I was pretty vulnerable with the congregation about not really sure where the world is, not really sure where any of us are, and really kind of leaned into my own fears and unknowns right now in a boundaried, appropriate way, but then said, y'all, I know how to be really controlling the situation, but I also know that's not loving. And at this point in my life, I want to be more loving than controlling. Yeah. And... Just allowing. 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 And it was one of the best-received sermons I've preached in a long time. Mm. And I got home and realized... That's because I went through some of that suffering of being honest about where I was, then knowing how to package that honesty in a way that was boundaried and appropriate. Mm-hmm. But I did the work, and the creativity paid off, which is what yeah. you were trying to get to at the beginning. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. So so you're saying that you're, you're, you do the work, you feel the, the voluntary suffering, and then you packaged it for appropriate consumption Mm -hmm. yeah what happens if it doesn't get packaged for appropriate consumption i mean maybe not let's not let's take it out of the homily take it out of that yeah Yeah. So, so what happens if it's just you go from doing the work voluntary suffering to unedited inappropriate 
no, no packaging, no mm-hmm. packaging at all. Just being? Yeah, just offering that range, that inappropriate range mm-hmm. <laughs> to whoever's around you. It's a gift to them. I think it is. It is a gift. It is why threes, I love when I break the rules, but I'm going to always do it in a space that I know it's okay. Yeah. And so you know who those people are Who those people are. Who I can, and I will tell you that my greatest life transformations are times that I've broken the rules. Mm, That's so good. Um, I wonder if that's true for, I mean, do you think, no, I was going to say, is that true for everybody? But I don't think it is. No, I think some people, they some, break, pe- yeah. they, some people it might be the other way around. Yeah, I wouldn't say yeah. like with eights that works like, at all. I guess seven, sevens, no. No, yeah. <laughs> they need uh, to, they need to find some rules maybe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Okay, well, thank you. This was, I really appreciate it. Yeah.